The following takes place between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. everybody and welcome to the Friday edition. It's a football Friday here on Full Press Coverage Radio Live. It is November the 1st. Halloween is over. Spooky season is over. So get that crap out of your profiles. Let's let's end this nonsense. We're here to talk football. Uh, we had a great Thursday night football game last night. We have a great lineup of guests today in our quick hour. And uh, my main guest, my main co-host, Mr. Mike DeBate joins me once again this morning. Mike, how are we doing this morning? La, la, la. Or uh, should I say ho, ho, ho? I say whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's, after let's all pump the, the brakes the, a little bit After here. all, Halloween is over, so you know what that means. Now we have 24-7 uh. Christmas thrown down your throat, my friends. Oh, uh, well, you know, <laughs> hey, I didn't make the rules. The retailers did. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Bottom line, yes, Halloween is over. It is November 1st, and it is a football Friday here on FBC Radio Live. And I, for one, cannot wait to get into the action we saw last night and the action we're going to see this weekend, my friend. Oh, absolutely. And uh, Friday, I mean, these, these weeks are just flying by now. You know, we're uh, we're ending our third week doing the show, and I feel like we've been doing it forever. Um, yeah, I, but it, look, hey, it's Friday. It's uh, this is this is when we really uh, dive into the to the week's action because again, it's last day that we're going to be on the air uh, talking about it so it's going to be fun and uh, obviously last night we had a 49ers Cardinals matchup and we we have the privilege of uh, having our uh, now current FPC 49ers managing editor Ryan Adver Dorada join us he also like you has covered another team and that would be the Cardinals so it, it seemed very perfect to have him on the show and um um, I hats off to him. It is uh, he lives on the West Coast, so <laughs> if if my math is correct, it is currently five o two in the morning in the West Coast. So hats off to him, and I appreciate him uh, getting up early to uh, join us today. And of course, later tonight we're gonna or later this uh, this morning we're gonna have uh, Brian Snow, Snowman in the morning, uh, join us for our crossover, and uh, I'm sure he's gonna have some uh, thoughts on the Warriors' predicament now that Steph Curry is injured, and the, it seems like the season may be lost. So. Um, but look, we had a great game. Let's uh, let's jump right into it. Last night, I think we we learned a lot about both teams, and I think positively. Forty um, Niners obviously won. They beat the beat the Cardinals, and I think we we talked about this a bit yesterday. And I I think we both picked the Forty ers to win, but we you know for a number of reasons you always you don't want to chalk this up as an automatic victory. And uh, obviously, it's a divisional matchup, and it's a Thursday night matchup, which we know. Anything can go, anything can happen on those days. So what we saw last night was a 49ers team that looked really good offensively, in particular, Mr. Jimmy Garoppolo, um, really lit it up, four touchdowns over 300 yards, a 130-something-odd passer rating, all that good stuff. He was he was fantastic. The defense, was, you know, it was okay. Uh, Kyler Murray looked great. I think this Arizona team really showed me a lot positively. So, uh, Mike, I'm just going to throw it to you. What did you? Uh, what was your impression of the 49ers first, and then let me know what you think about the cards. 
Well, what I learned about the 49ers last night is even if their defense isn't at the top of their game, their offense can carry the load. We saw them do it mm-hmm. last night, and I was very impressed by the effort that the Arizona Cardinals put out. I think this is a team that is definitely on the upswing. They're still not, I think, a playoff team at this point. I don't think there's anybody that is questioning that. But I believe that they're closer than a lot of people think, and they may contend as soon as next season in 2020 uh, for a possible playoff spot because I just like the way this team is situated. And I think it may be a destination for some free agents that come in and want to uh, be a part of something uh, you know, special and young and, and fresh with what Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray are doing over there in Arizona. But with regard to the Arizona Card- uh, with regard to the San Francisco 49ers as opposed to the Arizona Cardinals, this is a team that is for real. They remain unbeaten. Uh, they are the only uh, uh, other team uh, that's 8-0 other than the New England Patriots right now. And they can do it on both sides of the ball. Last night, their defense wasn't as formidable as it has been in the last you know few games that we've seen from San Francisco. But Jimmy G was able to step up. Uh, again, you mentioned he threw for 317 yards, four touchdowns. That's a career high for Jimmy. So uh, hats off to him. Great, great performance. Uh, they proved that they can do it on the offensive side of the ball. 49ers are for real, folks. Do not continue to look for the shoe to drop on this team. Maybe they won't go undefeated, and I don't believe they will, uh, but this team is going to rattle off definitely double-digit wins without any question, without even batting an eyelash, and uh, I believe they're the top team in the NFC without question, and they proved it again last night. Oh, absolutely, and and that's something, too, that you know when you're trying to figure out who the best teams in the league are and especially when you get later in the season and and as we all know Bill Belichick says <laughs> Thanksgiving is when you really start to know who your team is um you, you got to be able to win in a number of different ways and they were able to do that against the Cardinals again like you said that the off or the defense wasn't you know this uh 8 9 10 points a game uh unit that it has been through 7 weeks but you know that's not to say there's they're still not a great unit. Um, one of the things that really sticks out, and, and it was it, it quite evident, was how quickly um, Emmanuel Sanders has been incorporated into this offense. And um, this was uh, Jimmy G uh, right after the game talking about Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, he uh, you know he picks it up quick. He's a vet and he's a pro. You know, so he just uh, I don't know. It's awesome having a guy like that. And then you got credit the guys up front to give us time to be able to throw those types of routes. So. So uh, a quick little soundbite, but, you know, you, you can just hear it in his voice and, uh, you know, pretty much everything we see with our own eyes. He's he's just seamlessly transitioned into this offense. And, and I think we all kind of expected a pretty easy um, uh, fit for Emmanuel Sanders because he is a really good player. He's in a very creative offensive system with, with a good team. So we all figured that he was going to be able to um, be able to uh, acclimate himself to this offensive system pretty pretty simply so and he look he came up with some pretty pretty big plays there a big third down conversion there at the end that really sealed the deal or helped seal the deal late so uh what were your impressions of uh emmanuel sanders in this offense yeah, definitely the miss. It seems to be either the missing piece or such a great complementary piece that it makes this offense just that much more potent. And you saw it, two crucial third down drives to keep the uh, uh, the game sealed at that point. One of which was to Sanders. And you know, 
you got to credit this team, and especially a guy like Emmanuel Sanders is coming in. He's a veteran. He's used to the system that he's had in uh, Denver for so long. Already played in, uh, in in Pittsburgh as well, but coming into a, a new system with uh, uh, with Jimmy, he seems to be uh, adapting very quickly, and that's what veteran receivers do. I think you're going to see something very similar this weekend with Mohamed Sanu and Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. These veterans come into a situation, and they're able to make a difference because of the fact that they're smart, they know playbooks, and they're able to pick up very quickly on the fly, and you saw that last night. So Sanders, to me, is a perfect fit for this offense, especially in the slot. Love what he can give you. He can even move outside a little bit. Great speed. Um, he's a guy that I know Patriots fans covered coveted a lot when they uh, when the, the trade deadline was coming up. So uh, this this was a good addition for them, and uh, they, they proved it last night. It, I think it gave the offense that extra kick that they've been missing. Yeah, and, and on the flip side, too, you look at the Cardinals, and uh, they obviously acquired running back Kenyon Drake, and, uh, you know, they've added right. three different running backs to this roster in the last week, and uh, he had a great game, uh, you know, best game of the season. He, uh, I, I can't remember the exact stat, but I think it was something like he hadn't gained more than uh, a, a nine yards in a single play all season with Miami, and his very first run from for, my, uh, for the Cardinals was 36 yards right up the middle, so... Um, you know that 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 looks like a nice addition and something that could help. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, I apologize. Something to limit the impact of um, the loss of David Johnson and and Mr. Chase Edmonds, who's dealing with that that hand injury. <laughs> as right, as yes, we talked absolutely. about yesterday. So if uh, you didn't tune in yesterday, yep. then you you probably have no idea that we're referencing a. 24 character um absolutely he's recuperating in valencia he's doing just nice jack checks in on him every now and then does he i don't know you know what's i don't know what's going on with jack jack checks in on everybody now and by the way that's that's always what he does by the way i don't i don't want to get off on too much of a sidetrack because we do have a guest coming up here in a few minutes but um we're getting pretty close to the uh the very important anniversary of a uh the premiere of 24 i just want to throw it out there november the 6th 2001 the very first episode of 24 um where we had bleach blonde hair jack Blatt bauer um <laughs> playing chess with his daughter and his soon-to-be dead wife uh it, yes. you know it, it's 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 amazing it was it was that long ago it actually makes me kind of feel kind of old because i was in high school so <laughs> it's true you know that's it, it's true i was uh, um i was in college yes <laughs> uh but um you know so yep got a couple of years on my good friend over here on the other side of the microphone but yeah uh amazing to think that uh yeah one minute jack is sitting there you know playing chess eating a pudding and then all of a sudden his life just completely fell apart and then the next eight years chronicle just the the tragic tragic downfall of jack bauer and yeah um that show will always always have an indelible mark on me like i said i've said this on the show many times that was the definition of appointment viewing folks is before before dvr before i think like tivo was maybe just starting to break into you know people's psyche at that point um but uh it was uh this was yeah that, that was huge that was one that you had to plan your night around and i always plan my night around 24 like my good friend here i also watch 24 from the start from the beginning my birthday is on the 
24th. So a oh, show wow. called 24 <laughs> was absolutely, I was looking at it. I didn't care what, what it was about. I was going to watch it. And I was so glad that I did because I was hooked from day one. Kiefer Sutherland, so indelible in that uh, role and just great character performances throughout the years on that show. Um, yeah, you can damn bet that Ian and I will probably be talking a little bit about that on the 6th. <laughs> well, it's it's funny because my 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 reasoning, uh, there, I had a couple of reasons for watching the show. First of all, I... I I love Kiefer Sutherland. I, I was a fan of his before that, and that this only further, you know, <laughs> endeared him to me. Um, but the other reason was the character's name was Jack Bauer, and I was a hockey player, and I had some Bauer equipment. I mean, literally, that's how simple it was. I was like, oh, okay, I'll tune in, and that was it. <laughs> that's all it took. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it seems like a stupid reason, but hey, you know. It is what it is. So, hey, uh, you know what? Regardless of what, that actually does uh, uh, does come through. So, um, hey. before we uh, we get to uh, uh, to Ryan, just a little bit of a shout out to Arizona Cardinals wide receiver Andy Isabella yes. last night. Oh, uh, you are my your, thunder. Uh, yeah, my absolutely. Thunder. I was waiting oh, for that. Oh man, I was <laughs> absolutely. But uh, UMass, well, I'll, I'll, I'll let you have your moment because uh, this is a UMass kid, and uh, wow, what an eighty-eight yard touchdown reception! Oh, that was beautiful, amazing. And you know what? I I'm not going to sit here and pretend. Like, I didn't miss it because this is two nights in a row. So during the World Series, I happened to get up and go to the bathroom right before the Washington Nationals took the lead with that two-run home run. <laughs> so I left. 15 seconds later, yeah, it was that quick, I walked back in my room, and next thing you know, it's 3-2. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> I missed the go-ahead run. Same thing. Last night, I walk away. I come back. It's a three-point game. What happened? Oh, UMass, UMass's own Andy Isabella. 88-yard touchdown pass. That was great. And, and look, I, I spent a lot of time out there. I went to UMass. This is Amherst, not, you know, we're not talking Amherst. It's Amherst. All right, get it right. There's no H <laughs> in the actual uh, pronunciation. Um, yeah, so this isn't UMass Boston. This was this is the flagship UMass uh, campus, and uh, good for him. I, I was excited to see that, and uh, I think deep down I was hoping uh, maybe he'd find his way onto the Patriots because the last time we missed out on a uh, UMass wide receiver it actually kind of and by we I, I mean obviously the patriots missed out on a umass wide receiver he uh had an impact of super bowl 46 but we're you know that's victor <laughs> cruz good for him you know hey um but yeah no that was great i'm glad you brought that up because I, I was i was really chomping at the bit to uh to talk about that so but you know again that's something we're gonna ask ryan here in just a minute because again he he he's spent some time obviously covering both these teams so he's gonna have a little a little bit more intimate knowledge on all this and uh Look, I, like I said, I think this was an example of you got a really good game on Thursday Night Football where both teams really showed you positive um, positive things. Like like I said, I'm impressed with what the 49ers did. Yes, their defense hasn't been um, you know, to that level that it was through the first seven weeks, but it doesn't really matter because I saw so much more out of the offense and what they can do. And again, it's no coincidence, no coincidence <laughs> that... <laughs> It's happening upon the arrival of Emmanuel Sanders because, like you said, it's just really, um, it's really just a great compliment to, you know, what what they were already doing on offense. So I again, I'm I'm excited to see what, um, <clears throat> what they're going to do moving forward with this offense because again, we're just like the Patriots and Mohamed Sanu, we're just scratching the surface when it comes to it, and I think we both have very high hopes for Jimmy G. Yeah, definitely. And I think that uh, he's starting to come into those high hopes. I think Jimmy G put the league on notice last night that he may be a more formidable quarterback than we thought. 
No, and 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 that's the thing, and and like we heard it coming into the week that his, you know, he's a game manager. He's not quite the type of guy who's going to take over a game and you know be able to uh, uh, win a game for for the 49ers and he proved that wrong last night. So, uh before we go any further, I do want to welcome in Mr. Ryan Adverdorada, our FPC 49ers managing editor, formerly our FPC Cardinals managing editor. Uh good good morning Ryan and and thank you for for being up so early with us. Hey guys, uh glad to be on with you folks especially after a really uh significant uh performance by uh, Jimmy G. Yeah, oh, absolutely. We're, we were talking about it. Four touchdowns, over 300 yards passing. Um, he really looked like an MVP-type quarterback out there winning a game that, you know, the the defense wasn't quite what it has been through the seven, first seven weeks, but uh, th- this is definitely a good sign. So, um, first of all, I got to ask you, how does it feel about being 8? How does it feel to have the 49ers be 8-0? Feels great, baby. Feels great. Feels great, baby. That's right. <laughs> I, I had that queued up, and I, I am going to be using that for a very long time because that 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 made me happy. And and hey, Mike, I'm actually glad you're still connected because I wasn't sure if we were going to lose you uh, during the exchange. Adding Ryan on here, so um, how could you lose me? How would I get? Uh, how would I miss an opportunity to talk to my good friend Ryan over here on the other end? He gets up at 5 a.m. on the West Coast to be able to join us. The least I can do is stick around. You know, you on the other hand. Yeah, I get to talk to you all the time, but but I'm here for Ryan's wisdom and counsel. Are aren't we all? And that's what our guests are. So Ryan, I, I got to ask you. Um, first, we'll start with uh, we'll start with the Cardinals first because I know you, obviously you spent a lot of time covering this team and you know a lot about them. Um, I think I saw a lot of great things out of this team. You know, it's just a continuation of what we've seen over the last several weeks after that slow start. Um, yes, they didn't win, but I'm, I'm seeing a lot of po- <clears throat> I'm seeing a lot of positives. Um, Am I correct in this? I, 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 were you impressed with what the Cardinals did last night, for the most part? Yeah, I'm, I, you have to be. There's, there's no real uh, major takeaway outside of you know the fact that if you're a Cardinals fan or or someone with any rooting interest in the Cardinals, seeing them perform on a Thursday night game, um, I mean, just a year ago, pretty much uh, almost exactly a year ago, you know, they were run off the field, their own field, by the Denver Broncos. I believe it was like forty-five to ten. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that you can come back a year later, you have a brand new coaching staff who's never coached before in the NFL, uh, a rookie quarterback learning this new system, all the changes on both sides of the football, and you're basically in a one-score game in the final minutes of the, of the actual game against probably the best team in the NFC right now. Uh, the fact that you can say that, regardless of whether or not it's an, a divisional game or, or anything like that, um, that, that speaks volumes of, of where this team is going. Um, there's obviously questions on the defense and there's some questions on the offensive line that need to get addressed in the offseason. But, I mean, as someone who's closely followed the Cardinals at least for the last three years, um, but been, been living in the Valley for the last seven, you know, this is, this is looking like a team that will, um, if not make the playoffs, you know, next year, but they'll, maybe they will, but they're going to be challenging at least for the next uh, three or four years in that division. What what do you think is their their number one priority moving forward in the offseason in terms of uh, adding players or at least improving a, a particular area on uh, offense or defense? Well, defensively right now is, is kind of that glaring weakness. I mean, you look at it last night's game, they're basically needing one stop. You just need one stop. The 49ers had the ball with, I believe, five or six minutes left in the game, and they just basically ran the clock. Um, I mean, kudos to the 49ers offense for being able to do that, but 
on that third down, I believe it was third down at nine um, with right around the two minute mark. If they can get that stop, they get the ball back with, uh, you know, at least one timeout and basically two minutes left. And that offense was on fire at that point for the mm-hmm. Cardinals. Um, but defensively, they just don't have part of it is they don't have the pieces there yet. Um, and a lot of that comes around with team speed. Uh, you could kind of see that last night, especially with the 49er receivers and even George Kittle, um, where the Cardinals defenders just couldn't really stay with them uh, in man coverage. And so part of that is team speed, but also part of that looks like it might be scheme. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Vance Joseph not return after this season. I know uh, locally, at least in Arizona, there's a lot of uh, discussion about how much of the blame he should be taking um, in terms of their, their poor start this year. They're, they're three, I believe it's three, five and one now. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it kind of comes down to, to scheme, um, not putting players in the right positions uh, so I think, honestly, if they can just kind of work on, you know, building more of the defensive line that was ravaged before the season even started and then just adding more team speed, especially um, in that linebacker position, then I think they're going to they're gonna be in a really good place to contend next year for, for the playoffs. No, and, and, and I, I'm definitely buying into it, too, myself. And, uh, you know, before I let, uh, you know, Jimmy G's pies on over there on the other side, take 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 the heat. I, I do want to say that, uh. I mean, yeah, uh, there you go. <laughs> I love that clip. Um, like uh, at the end of the day, I mean, the Cardinals were really a, a really ill-timed timeout away from having a chance to actually win this game at the end, and you know that it brought back memories of Rex Ryan as the defensive coordinator with the Ravens in 2007 when, you know, the the Patriots looked like they had lost their first game of that year and Rex Ryan bailed them out by calling a timeout and giving them another chance. And look, like what good teams do, they go out and make the play. And, and that's what Jimmy G ended up doing on the next play. So with that said, I'll, I'll throw it over to my man, Mike, over there. Yeah, Ryan, without question, I think every Patriots fan probably watched that game a little bit. And there's still an element of smile that comes to your face every time you see Jimmy G succeed. He did the right things up here. And unfortunately, it just didn't, you know, didn't the timing didn't work out. And it's impossible to think that they would have moved on uh, from from Tom Brady at the level that he was playing at. But Jimmy is really kind of coming into his own as a player. We all knew here in New England could be a game changer, someone that can come into his own and take over the game. And Ian and I were talking about this before we welcomed you in i think what the san francisco 49ers did last night was prove that even when they don't have their best defensive game they can still put it in the hands of their offense and be able to do what they need to do and you saw jimmy take a huge step up last night what do you believe is the catalyst to this San Francisco 49ers uh, offense improving every week? Do you think it's the running game of guys like Matt Breda? Do you believe that it's the guys that have been around all season, like a Debo Samuel on that uh, wide receiving core or George Kittle at the tight end? Or do you think it's been Emmanuel Sanders' addition that really has been the catalyst to jumpstarting what they can do offensively? Honestly, when it comes down to it, I mean, this offense has, shown over the I believe really the first eight games of the year uh, for them at least uh, that that they can do it all I mean even before you brought in Sanders uh, you know about a couple weeks ago now um, their offense was able to move the football Um, occasionally you'd have the issues with the court with the wide receivers you know dropping some passes or or not really looking uh, you know clean coming out of their breaks so Sanders was a big boon and, and Sanders moving forward is going to be a major story um, but that being said, when you're looking at the 49ers offense, it starts with the run game. And it's funny because, you know, you're, you think about Kyle Shanahan and 
a lot of times you just think about his ability with the, especially the Falcons. I mean, you two know for sure, you know, for certain that that Falcons offense could just, you know, put up points and they could throw the ball all over the field. Well, his Atlanta teams had uh, much better talent on the offensive, uh, on the offensive attack, especially with the wide receivers. Um, and they, you know, obviously had multiple years working together, but you look at San Francisco, uh, even before, again, before Sanders came aboard, that run game is just very lethal. I mean, they've been basically pay- playing with their, uh, with two backup offensive tackles for the last, I believe it's three weeks now. Um, mm-hmm. And you have one guy who's a rookie, who's like a, you know, a sixth round pick, I believe it was. And you have another guy who basically is undrafted guy playing the AAF. And they have been playing very well. Uh, that offensive line finally is, is doing something to really help the offense. And that kind of, that's really where it comes down to. Um, the offensive line is, relatively healthy for the most part um they're playing well together and really i mean everything kind of comes off from that because you don't have those uh you know jimmy g play fakes and you know his quick whip around and throwing it deep you don't have that if that offensive line isn't blocking i mean we saw it last year uh with the 49ers where the offensive line just struggled and uh garoppolo just was getting hit and obviously he hurt his knee after that um, but this year it just looks like the offensive line is just really really the big difference maker and you throw in a guy like sanders and I mean that guy was torching. That's two years in a row now. He's torched uh, uh, Patrick Peterson in Arizona. So that does uh, tell you something. But I mean, you think about it. With I believe Next Gen Stats had had a tweet yesterday where it said um, with the Cardinals loading the box, eight players or more in the box to stop that run. Uh, Garoppolo went 14 of 20 for 152 and two touchdowns. Um, and that tells you that they're able to play, trying to run the play action. They're able to hold up. Um, with the protections to let him throw the football. Yeah, and I think that uh, it, it is definitely something to keep your eye on if you're a 49ers fan and how well that team has been able to run and the establishment of how they've been able to run. And I think what that does is it's going to open up things now. And we saw it last night in play action and allow Jimmy G to get more comfortable and be able and see Garoppolo be able to make those plays and take over games when he needs to. But that defense has been amazingly stout and just, you know, one of the more fearsome, um, uh, you know, uh, combinations in the league. So thank you for that. Thank you for your, uh, your insight, especially on uh, the offense, because like Ian said, you have an intimate knowledge of this team, both teams. And uh, that's the biggest reason why we brought you in this morning, other than the fact that we just like to talk to you and torture you on a Friday <laughs> morning to make you wake up really, really early. That Feels was great, Ian's baby. decision. That wasn't mine. I just want you to know that. Feels great, baby, right? <laughs> That's right. Feels great. Baby. Exactly. <laughs> no, and, and and look, you know, keeping on keeping on uh, the 49ers before we let you go. So, you know, I, I hate and I, I made a comment about this this morning because obviously we hear a lot about it, you know, following the Patriots and, and covering the Patriots. Uh, oh, well, who have they played? I, I don't want to hear that. They're eight. No, they, they've dominated a lot of teams. Um, however, they do have a pretty tough stretch coming up, and it starts, you know, after this little mini buy with the Seattle Seahawks. So they have the Seahawks, and then another uh, game with the Cardinals. But then you have the Packers, the Ravens, the Saints, um, until you play the Falcons in December. So, how important is this stretch? And I, you know, I know that sounds like a vague question, but I actually let me rephrase it how do you anticipate them handling this stretch of football because you know with the Patriots we we kind of know what they are you know given their history with the 49ers we're still trying to figure out what ultimately they will become so how important is the stretch and how do you see them fighting through this uh tough run I mean honestly this stretch right here will determine the 
at the very least, a division. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll probably determine the number one seed for for the NFC here. Um, I mean, the good thing is that the next three games, uh, the Monday night against the Seahawks, and then that week against the Cardinals and then the Packers, those are three straight home games before they mm-hmm. go on the road uh, to take on the Ravens and the Saints. So, um, I mean, honestly, if they can come out with at least three wins um, out of that five, I see them basically clinching the division um, by that by that Ravens game. So we'll see. I mean, to be to be honest, I can easily see it. Um, you know, them winning four, maybe even five of those. I mean, it really comes down to how the defense looks coming out of this because this could be just kind of a blip. You know, chalk it up to, to Thursday night football. Defense is tired, and they did in the especially in the, the fourth quarter. They kind of hit that wall. Um, as far as, you know, just being tired and you could just see it, you know, kind of heavy legs there. But with the way that the offense was was operating, <clears throat> you know, Garoppolo did exactly what he needed to do. Um, and they were able to move the football and they were able to run the clock and, and put enough points up on the board. Um, I The only real teams that I, I'm really worried about, to be, to be honest with you, would be the Packers and the Saints. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe when it comes down to the Seahawks, um, they the foreigners have now seen how to, uh, react to a quarterback who can move around in the pocket and That's make throws. Um, and so I, I honestly look at look at how they treated uh, Kyler Murray tonight, and then think, okay, they have ten games, uh, ten days to, you know, rest their legs, um, figure things out. And the way that the defense responded after the game was over, um, all of them were very frustrated with how they played. They knew that mm-hmm. the offense bailed them out. You see that. You see that uh, that mentality of them wanting to do better. And so I just see a team that. You know, I don't. I don't believe they're going to finish the, the the year undefeated, but I think they're going to be maybe a two loss team at most. So um, this stretch is the biggest, you know, five games of the season. But I easily see them coming out of it, you know, on the positive end and really clinching the division and probably locking up home field advantage if they can just beat the Saints. Yeah, I'm. I'm really excited to see some of these matchups for sure, and uh, definitely going to be tuning in. So with that said, I do want to thank you once again, Ryan, for joining us. I know it's bright, er, bright and early out there in the West Coast, so I, I do appreciate it. So before we let you go, let everyone out there know where they can follow you. And uh, maybe if you have anything coming up, uh, let them know. Yeah, uh, so they can follow me on Twitter at Ryan Adverderada. Uh I know that's a little confusing for some of you um, <laughs> that it's early in the morning to, to, to take all of that in. But um, also at FPC underscore 49ers. And also um, I'm still, you know, working with, working on the Cardinal stuff. So, um, you know, I live in the Valley, so it's something that I'm never really going to run away from. So uh, at FPC underscore Cardinals as well. Um, But yeah, I mean, this has been a great season so far for really both teams. Um, There's a lot of positivity now in Arizona, especially if you're a basketball fan now, you have the Suns playing really well. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're a hockey guy, like I know you guys are, you have the Coyotes who look like they could be a playoff team. So uh, lots of, lots of uh, energy here. You know, hope everyone had a really good Halloween. Um, everyone got all that candy and, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's great times right now for the 49ers. Uh, it's been a while since they've had a team. And I mean, last year there's a, there's a video that I tweeted out yesterday. Go ahead and find it. But, uh, it's Jed York talking to the team after the Denver win last year and after his brother had passed away. And he basically, mm-hmm. um, echoed a sentiment that Bill Walsh, you see always says basically championship team, championship teams act like champions before they're champions. And, this 49ers team is acting that way. They're carrying themselves that way and they're performing like it. So it's, it's really exciting. Uh, the Super Bowl is on, on the 2nd of February, I believe, which is two days before my birthday. So hopefully it's, it's a nice uh, 34th birthday there. 
Well, I, I, I think we're all hoping for a, a particular matchup. And uh, I, I know myself, <laughs> myself and uh, you know, Paisan, Mr. Uh, Mike DeBate over there, he's, uh, we're, we're hoping for that uh, 49ers-Patriots Super Bowl for so many reasons, and uh, the least of which would be how entertaining I think the game would be. So once again, thank you very much, Ryan, and we will definitely be having you on here again. Definitely. Take care, guys. Have, have a Thanks, great day. Ryan. Have a great day, buddy. Get some coffee. Bye-bye. All right, that was awesome. Yeah, it, you know, again, it it, it made an um, incredible amount of sense to have him on, you know, and again, we love it talking to Ryan and obviously very insightful and the fact that he has covered both teams that played last night and uh, it, it made sense. So we're going to shift gears a little bit because we have, we have about 20 minutes to kind of run through some of, uh, you know, some of this action coming up here in week nine before we get Brian Snow on for our little crossover before we end the show and end our week, you know, once again, another week in the books and uh, that's right that is that that means october is over and we like you said we're we're in christmas season now but um look we we get it early i actually i i love that the patriots don't play in london often but i love london games because to me there's nothing better than waking up at 9 30 in the morning to a football game on i yeah, don't know i it I, really really is i you know some people i know have you know, don't like it, but I, I don't get it. I'm this is different to me than Thursday night football. I could I could do away with Thursday night football really, you know, aside from the you know, the Thanksgiving Day games, but um the nine thirty AM game is great. I, I understand obviously you only do it because of the location and, and the time zone difference and all that, but um I, I just again I, I just love waking up and still being in bed and <laughs> <laughs> having a football game on. So uh we get the Texans and the Jaguars. I mean, it, it's it's actually a pretty intriguing matchup now that I think about it. Because at first you're like, oh, whatever. But of course, the the Texans are a competing team, and the Jaguars under Gardner Minshew are, you know, have been competitive. So there there might actually be a a question. You know, I, I don't know if there actually be a question with when Nick Foles gets back. But um, the you know at least we're gonna get a somewhat competitive game. But that's not really a game that I want to focus on. Uh, considering our time one of the biggest games on the schedule and it's a one o'clock game which is which is kind of great is the vikings and the chiefs um we're still wondering whether or not patrick mahomes is going to play so that's still a question um (laughs) and i laugh because we saw it again last night we we saw the uh obligatory bleacher report um tweet of him lightly jogging and it's mahomes running googly eyes so (laughs) No one, no one ever runs or jogs like Patrick Mahomes. He's he's transcended the running and jogging community, and it's it's amazing, really. Um, but no, seriously, it, I'm eager to see what's going to happen if he's going to be out there playing. My gut says he's not because they have a bye after this week, and really, it's just at this point, it would be kind of smart just to hold him out. However, if they lose this game, I mean, last week we were talking about you know them giving up a number one seed. Um, Again, I, I think the only thing that, that keeps them in the mix is that the AFC West isn't that good. Um, but if they lose this game and drop to 4-4, four and four, I'd be really concerned about it. If I was a Yeah, if they, 
I, I agree with you. I think if they do drop this, then you all of a sudden have to start wondering what's going to happen now in terms of playoff seeding. I don't think there's any question that they're going to be a playoff team. When Mahomes comes back, I think that they will be able to rattle off some wins. I still believe that they are the class in that division. I know the Raiders have made some strides and they're playing pretty good football right now. Um, I don't see the Chargers being a threat to them. The Broncos, well, we know what the Broncos are this year. But that being said, you do have to string together. Perfect timing. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. And you delivered right on the money. Much like Jimmy G last night on third down, my friend, you dropped that right where you needed to. That was clutch. (laughs) Feels great, baby. <laughs> all right, all right. Now you're showing off. Now, now you're showing hey, off. hey, hey, hey. Any chance I get to show off, <laughs> no, I'm I will. Kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But no, in all, in all seriousness, I do believe that the Chiefs are looking at this as possibly a must-win, which would not shock me to see them trot him out there. Now, look, in my opinion, I would not. If I were the head coach or the powers that be in Kansas City right now, I would not, simply because I don't believe it's worth it to maybe trot this kid out there if he's not ready. Give him this week. Give him the bye week. And by that time, he's probably going to be ready to go. He's going to be ready and raring to go. And that's when I think you make your push if you're the Kansas City Chiefs. But, you know, we've seen stranger things happen, so I, I really don't know. There would I never believed there would even be talk about him possibly playing last week. And, and look what happened there. So, you know, what do I know? They, they, I don't believe he should play, which means they probably will play him. Yeah, well, again, like, like I said, I mean, I think desperation in terms of <clears> – <throat> You know, just whether or not, you know, you're going to lose and drop to 500, I think we'll, we'll kind of push and pressure Andy Reid. Especially, I mean, look, if, if if he is healthy, and I think we both think that he's real. I mean, the fact that he's even out there tells us that, you know, again, that the injury is is a little bit, you know, not as serious as, as it first was anticipated when everyone saw it and all that. But um, at the same time, it's like you, you really got to figure out what – what's the most valuable thing for you to do for this kid and for this team. And again, they could lose a few games and I'd be concerned, but at the same time, I just don't see the Raiders uh, overtaking them for this division. So I think in that sense, you can afford to drop a couple games and just hope that when he does come back, you know, you ramp it up and run or, you know, keep rolling. But I'd still honestly be concerned because like, if you drop this game and fall to four and four, or, or or whatever whatever the record is five and four. Uh, get, it would you know, be five and four. Yeah, yeah, five and four. So I apologize, not five hundred. Uh, so it'd be five and four. I mean, you you still got a number of tough games on that schedule uh, against the Chargers. I know it's the Chargers, but for whatever reason, they beat them. Oh, they beat them what twice last year? Correct? Or is it just the one yeah, time? Yeah. So no, no, I believe it was twice last okay, year. Okay, yeah. And, and so th- there is familiarity there uh-huh. with with teams that play in the division. And 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 the and of course you know you still have the Patriots matchup on that schedule. So you know, say they drop to five and four, and maybe they go one and two in those three games. All of a sudden, you're talking about a at best a ten and six team. And you know, at that point, you know, who knows? Maybe the Raiders do sneak into this. So again, I think this is a this is going to be a tough decision for Andy Reid and the the coaching staff as to what to do. Um, I think they'd feel a lot better if they had their bye week this week as opposed to next, but um, yeah. it, is, it is what it is, and they're going to have to make a decision. Um, and uh, I mean, it may not even matter because, again, I, I'm, I'm starting to have a lot of doubts about this team, especially defensively. I thought they were a little bit better coming into the season, and it very quickly has, has pivoted to, I, I just don't think defensively they're that good at again and i don't and i don't see them stopping any of these really good teams you know in a big game scenario so regardless regardless of 
Mahomes is in there or not. So, Well, to me, the counterpoint in this and all is, do you want to bring Patrick Mahomes back on a week that they have to face that Minnesota Vikings defense? Exactly. You know, I mean, the Vikings are not exactly, this is not a, a collection of turnstiles out there. These guys can rush the passer. They can get after. They can disrupt things in the back, in the, uh, the, uh, the offensive backfield. They're good at stuffing the run, and that's a big part of what, Patrick Mahomes' game is predicated on, and even if they decide that they want to go to LaShawn McCoy or if they want to go to uh, you know Damian Harris and guys like that to be able to run the ball, I think it's going to be very, very difficult for them to do it. So in, those, in that vein, do you want to throw Mahomes out there in his first action back from an injury to a very formidable defense? To me, that's also a factor that Kansas City is going to have to consider when they talk about maybe either activating him or deactivating him for the weekend. Yeah, and 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 again, like I said, this this is all getting completely overanalyzed and all that. And in a couple of weeks, we might even laugh at all of this <laughs> when he comes back and say they play well, or you know, if they just decide to sit him out, which could be honestly could be that it could have been the plan the entire time. It's just you know, like we talked about last week, you know, why tip your hand when you don't have to? And if you're Andy Reid and you're trying to get the Vikings to over prepare in a way to underprepare for this team, then you don't tell them that Patrick Mahomes isn't going to play. So, um, so again, I, I'm glad. Uh, I, I always say how much I, I enjoy having the Patriots play either 4, four o'clock or 8 o'clock games because I, I love watching Red Zone and, and all the games during the afternoon, and that's definitely going to be... That's going to be a main TV game, and then Red Zone's going to be on the uh, on the laptop type of thing. So, um, Or vice versa, one or two. Probably, probably Red Zone on the main TV you know, that game on the laptop, because that, that's certainly one I'm going to be keying in on. Uh, another interesting one that I'm, I'm looking at is, actually, is the Bills and the Redskins. Not so much for the Redskins, but I want to see how the Bills respond to losing last week, and in a game that, that really they didn't play that well in. And, um, you know, I, I, I thought, and we I talked to our, our uh, FPC Bills managing editor last week about it, and, you know, I think they we both kind of agreed that it was a possibility that they could lay a dud against an Eagles team that was incredibly desperate. Now I think you're going to see that desperation out of the Bills against a bad team at home. I want to see how they respond, and if they respond with a big win, that that's going to tell me a lot about the Bills. Yeah, absolutely. And I do. I just want to correct uh, myself for uh, saying I mentioned Damian Harris. Obviously, I always have Patriots on the brain, <laughs> folks. I'm sorry. You can't get the boy out of New England, but it was Damian Williams that I was referring to. So I apologize for that. <laughs> I realized that after it came out and I was like, I just said Damian Harris, didn't I? <laughs> 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 who, was, who, was, who was the mysterious man in, uh, in New England? But uh, fear not. If anybody has any questions about him, always check me out on Locked On Patriots. I try to <laughs> always, always inform the Patriots nation. Uh, about what's going on with him, the rookie uh, uh, running back that hasn't seen much action this year. But uh, oh, definitely, without any question, um, you know, you look at some of the, uh, the the weekend action, and yeah, the Bills Redskins doesn't jump off the page, you know, uh, at, at you as being a game that everybody's going to have their eyes squarely on, but. There's a lot of light on the Buffalo Bills this year, and I happen to believe in this team. I think that they are very good on defense. I think they're showing signs of being able to move the ball on offense, and this is going to be a big game for them, not so much because of the quality of their opponent, but how they come out. If they come out dominant and really take it to the Buffalo Bills this year, I think that's going to, excuse me, the Buffalo Bills take it to the Washington Redskins this uh, this week. I think that's going to be telltale, and I agree with you. It's going to tell me a lot about what the Bills are and what they're going to be able to do moving forward. 
Yeah, and again, this is this is all about those little uh, the nuances of the game. Like when you're trying to figure out, instead of just looking at raw win loss or, or just yeah you know, the basic uh, superficial statistics, um, you got to uh, dig deep and find these little things. Like how do they respond in certain situations? Not you know because here's the thing. Not and the, and I feel like a lot of people fail to grasp this, but not every touchdown pass is created equal. Not every defensive stop is created equal. So looking at just raw results can really give you a, 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 a misguided perception of, of what actually happened. And, and I think in this situation uh, with the Bills, I'm not necessarily looking for uh, the production levels. I'm looking at how they respond right off the bat. So again, it's going to tell me a lot more if they come out and they they play discipline and they don't let this last week get to them because again, Bills teams in years past it's like yeah, you you've gotten off to pretty decent starts, you know, you win a few games but then you lose one and all of a sudden it just snowballs and you know, you're you're the 6 and 10 Bills like you are every year. Um so th- this is important and again, this, they're they're playing a bad team. So if you're a good team, you're supposed to beat bad teams. And, and that's really, to me, the sign of, of, of good teams. You don't struggle against bad teams. So if the Bills go out there and struggle against Washington, I'd be really concerned. Um, they went out and struggled against the Eagles, who, you know, look, they're still a pretty good team. They're struggling, but uh, they, they at least have some uh, recent evidence of being a really good team. So I, I'm not going to hold that against the Bills. You know, especially, again, talk about the situation and not everything's created equal. Uh, the Eagles were probably the most desperate team that they played so far this season because, again, I, I felt that their season was kind of in the brink um, last week for the Eagles. So if they would have lost, you know, it would have been essentially over. So I'm not knocking the Bills for that. So I, I do want to see how they respond. If they come out and they they scratch out a win against um, against the Redskins and they play sloppy and they, they're just kind of lucky and fortunate enough to be into it i'm not going to be buying it i want to go out and i want to see them execute and uh respond right off the bat so like i said i'll be i'll be keeping my eye on that that's one of those things that again it's it's not necessarily about the score it's about what you see on on film there and um moving on because we got just a few more minutes before we get brian on here because i do want to ask him about the warriors and some of the nba happenings you know we 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 try to fit some nba and it will haven't even got to the NHL yet, but uh, <laughs> we're still trying to figure out the uh, the structure of the show in terms of how much time committed to each topic. And, uh, you know, the NFL is always going to dominate in this situation. So another great game on the schedule for this day. Actually, there's two of them, 4 o'clock games. Um, the Lions and the Raiders, we, again, we talked about the Raiders. We, we, we think they're a pretty good team. They've started to show some things. And, again, they're still kind of in this mix for this AFC West title going up against – um, a, a pretty good Lions team, or at least a, a, a decent Lions team. And, of course, the Packers and Chargers are also at four. So, Mike, for the sake of my voice, please tell me what you think about these, these games. Well, I really, I'm going to have my eyes squarely on uh, the uh, the um, the Lions and the uh, the Raiders. Look, I think these two teams right now are trying to prove something. The Raiders are at home for the first time in a long time. The Lions are out yeah. on the road for the first time in three weeks. So that's going to be a factor here, I do believe. The Raiders did some good things last week against the Texans. Obviously, they didn't come out with the win, but I thought they played well enough to be able to win that game. They made some mistakes that kind of shot themselves in the foot. Otherwise, I think they could have maybe uh, stolen one from the uh, 
the Houston Texans, and I think they could have come out on top. I think that's going to carry over this week, and I think they're going to play with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. I actually like the Raiders in that game against the Lions. I think it's going to be an interesting game to watch. I think the Lions definitely have some positives on both sides of the ball, but I just like the way the Raiders are playing right now, and I think that they're going to carry that momentum into this week and get a big win over Detroit. That being said, you also mentioned the Packers and the Chargers. And, you know, I always have a soft spot in my heart for the, <laughs> for the, uh, the nay San Diego, now Los Angeles Chargers. And uh, it's the first team I covered in media. So I'm always going to look at them with maybe little rose-colored glasses, but uh, I don't see them pulling this one out. The Packers are playing consecutive road games, but I think this is going to feel like a home game anyway. It usually does when you go into <laughs> Los Angeles and you go into a StubHub field and, and, and you play up there. So... You know, I I think that the Packers, they've been rolling on offense without any question. I think that'll still continue. I know that Los Angeles has some playmakers on defense, and that's something to watch out for. Joey Bosa has been playing better as of late. Uh, that's starting to wake up the Chargers defense a little bit, but I don't see them being able to go toe-to-toe with this Packers offense and put up the points that I believe Aaron Rodgers and the uh, the Packers offense is going to be able to put up. So I like the Packers in this game. I think the Chargers will hang around, make this one a little tougher than people think it will be. But ultimately, I like the Packers uh, coming out on top in this. Yeah, it's to be honest, I, I only really ever trust trust the Chargers in like divisional matchups, and even then, I don't even really trust them. I just I, I at least give them a chance to to have a really good game. I just I don't know my my faith in the Chargers is just non-existent. And look, the the poor team they they suffer so many injuries every year, but. Like you said, uh, no matter what, they have a home game, but it's not a home game. They don't have the crowd behind them. They're in a terrible situation in terms of where they're playing, their fan base. It's 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 a mess in uh, in Los Angeles, San Diego, whatever, wherever in between. <laughs> you know, wherever they play, practice. I, I don't even know, but um, yeah, I I don't like the Chargers to win this game. Um, I do think the Packers are playing pretty well, although I do think that their defense is a bit vulnerable, and we'll, we'll see how they respond this week, you know, after kind of a tough game last week. And, uh, you know, I, I like the Raiders to win in, against Detroit at home. And, and like you said, I mean, this seems like the first game at home for, I mean, it had to be, what, five weeks easily, something like that. So um, it'll be good to see the oh, Raiders yeah. in yeah. front of that home crowd. And, uh, you know, again, it, it, if, they're a good, if they are a good team, they will seize the opportunity because I, I keep mentioning it. It's a Kansas City is vulnerable. I don't think that they're going to win this week to, with or without Patrick Mahomes. Um, I do think the Vikings are playing really good football. And like you said, that defensive line and that defensive front is is really starting to look like what we know the Vikings to be the last couple of years. So, right. you know, like I said, with Patrick Mahomes in the lineup or without, I don't think that they're going to win. So that's going to drop them to five and four. So, again, this is opening the door for the Raiders. And if they're a good team they're going to seize that opportunity or at least fight for that spot. So, um, so yeah, so of course I'm obviously, you know, I'm, I'm going to be eager to see that. And, you know, <laughs> of course, naturally the Patriots and the Ravens tonight, Sunday night football, it's the Patriots first game of the season. Uh, they've been playing uh, exhibition uh, friendly matches for the first eight weeks, according to everyone. Um, they, yep. Haven't played anybody yep, yet. Nope. Nope, nope, they haven't played a single NFL team or a single yep. NFL quarterback. This is clearly a mirage. No, look, I'm, I'm obviously being sarcastic. Um, the Patriots are a really good team. I think the Ravens are just that next big hope that someone's going to knock them off. But I, I'm eager to see what happens with Lamar Jackson. I really am. But I get the feeling 
that the Patriots defense is going to be able to kind of contain him. And, and after that, I don't think the Ravens defense is, is as good as what people think it is. I mean, people when people talk about this Ravens-Patriots matchup, they're talking about it in the context of uh, in the context of 2012 um it's not 2012 the patriots are a far better team uh than they were then and the ravens aren't as good as what they were then so i don't know if if people are just living off that and 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 just hoping that it (laughs) translates to 2019 i don't think it's going to happen i'm I'm hesitant to say it's going to be a easy victory or a quote-unquote blowout victory for the patriots because i you know admittedly have not uh really dived into a whole lot of film on lamar jackson but i i do get the feeling that uh, the patriots defense is going to have success and you know if they have success against this team then on against their offense i don't think they really stand a chance because i think the patriots offense is really going to pop uh this weekend yeah, I, I I agree with most of what you're saying. Uh, I especially when it comes to the uh, the. You know, uh, <laughs> that wasn't loud enough. It said you're a liar. You're a dirty rotten liar. <laughs> I'll try it again. Well, dirty rotten liar. Well, you know, I mean, we share half the same no, We have to agree most of the time. The other okay. part of it is my, it's in my contract that I have to agree with you all the yes, time. But well, in any case, uh, I agree with blood. most of what you said. And the thing that I agree with most is that people are looking at this Ravens team as being the Ravens of the early part of this of the, this rivalry. And that's simply not the case. They're 21st ranked in the league in DBOA against the pass. So you look at what this team has been able to do. That's where the Patriots have to be able to strike this weekend. They do have the ability to make big plays. If the Patriots struggle, it will be because the Ravens defense is very good at being able to stop the run. They're holding opponents to about 84 and a half yards um, on average per game. That's third best in the league. So they can stop the run. That's going to be a big issue for the Patriots and something we've been talking about in New England for the last three weeks. When are they going to get the running game going? That opens up play action. That allows Tom Brady to start hitting his targets. Then he can start throwing out of the backfield. That really hasn't happened. You've seen Brady make things happen out of the backfield and play action, but it hasn't been because of the running game opening things up. Running game's been fairly inconsistent. So I think the Patriots are going to spread it out, go four wide, really spread the offense, and start to get these wide receivers involved. Yesterday, I talked to our good friend Thomas Murphy, and we talked about Nikhil Harry and whether or not he would be in this game. I am going to completely flip-flop on my my stance from yesterday after doing a little bit of evaluation and looking into what this team does. I actually think they do play him. A lot of people thought they were going to maybe hold him out this week. I thought it was 60-40 in favor of him not playing. I think they will. I think they will put him in. I think they want to see what he can do and try to get him involved in some of these offensive schemes. Don't look for him to be a huge factor. I think Brady will be relying on Edelman, Dorsett, and Sanu very heavily, maybe even Jacoby Myers a little bit. But ultimately, I I, I do like the Patriots in this game. I think that they will come out on top, but it will be a tough one. That's where we differ a little bit. I think the, the Ravens defense will do just enough to be able to confuse this team, and it's going to come down to which defense can stop the other offense. And I, be, I believe in the Patriots defense more than I believe in the Ravens defense. No, and, and, and I, I agree with you actually 100% on that because I, I do feel like uh, Harry's going to get in there, and um, I do I, – I, I just – I feel like it, the move to release Josh Gordon, the, the route that they took to um, – 
obviously put him on the the injured reserve and obviously he's now free or he's going through the waiver process as we speak uh it speaks a lot about how i think they feel about uh harry and and his availability and uh, i i don't see if if he's been out this long and if he's ready to go i don't i don't see them not activating him and playing him i mean this to me is just an example of them just waiting they'll, they'll activate him on saturday or whatever uh you know at the very last minute when you know they have to and he'll be good to go and you'll you'll see him get a few targets but i can't imagine he'll have a huge role in this game plan i think to be honest i think they're far more they're going to be far more focused on getting uh muhammad sanu more involved because like i said last week i i feel like the game was or earlier this week, I feel like the Patriots game was was very vanilla on offense for a number of reasons. Uh, obviously, the weather and and the fact that they were so injured on the offensive line. So, um, you know, you don't want to, you know, test your luck in that sense because again, it's it's it, you don't want to get Brady injured because you're trying to do too much. You know, when the, when these right. players aren't ready. So, you know, assuming the weather is moderately good uh, in Baltimore on Sunday, I I imagine that you're going to see a lot more to Sanu. I feel like they're going to. Uh, mix things up a little bit more and you're going to see a little bit more creativity and uh you know again we're 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 anticipating isaiah win being back for the patriots uh harry is obviously uh ready to go you know assuming you know he's been out there practicing for a couple weeks now he he should be out there able to catch passes so all of a sudden the patriots offense looks a little bit more complete and a little bit more solid because those issues that we talked about uh the the protection it's it's getting better and and you know not to not to go under the radar but you know you get a guy like Matt Lacoste come back you know yes I know he's not Rob Gronkowski or Dwayne Allen uh, Chris but um, <laughs> I know you're listening but I know you're you're pining for that Dwayne Allen touchdown catch and uh, I, I I would love to see it too but I I'm just I'm I'm saying I, I don't think it's going to happen at this point so Chris is listening to this yes. right now he's nodding his head and he's going I want it I want that Dwayne Allen <laughs> yep. touchdown Still yeah buddy it. I mean and nobody wants it to happen for you other than yourself more than Ian and I and but uh, I don't know the the, yeah. the Every week that goes by without them making a move at tight end, it just continues to uh, uh, to dwindle. And uh, you know, whatever we we live in hope, my friend. We hope for it. <laughs> we hope we do. Um, yeah. So anyway, so again, I, I'm I'm eager to see what this Patriots offense is. I think they're going to look a lot better again. This you know, people are so quick to to jump on and declare the Patriots offense done, and it's it just tells me just that they just really haven't watched it play. And you know, with the Patriots, it's weird because every other team gets you know context <laughs> at yeah. least some context. well don't forget yeah. well don't forget they're also going in this weekend to play in the scariest place there oh, is yeah. to play in all of professional sports m&t bank stadium the purple lights it's it's, it's scary it's so so scary oh man it's yeah. unbelievable you know brady's gonna be sitting back there in the pocket human sacrifice dogs and cats living together mass hysteria this weekend in baltimore folks yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm shaking in my boots right now. Um, <laughs> look, it, it, it's, it's again, like I said. I mean, a lot of this is rooted in people's just hopes and and dreams that the Patriots are going to lose, and, and the fact that they hate the Patriots. Um, you know, I was even in a conversation with someone not too long ago, uh, arguing about whether or not teams that win a lot are hated because they win a lot. He said no, and I said, well, you're an idiot because 
they are. Because, <laughs> I mean, come on. Just we, I, I brought up the Yankees. I brought up, you know, Golden State, or obviously the Patriots. You think about the Lakers of the early early 2000s. I mean, teams that win a lot are hated, and, and, and teams that win a lot. I mean, think about the people that are, are, are happy that Golden State Warriors are, are probably going to finish in the lottery. Only to probably rebuild and retool and be the really good team that they were the last couple of years uh, in a couple of years. But hey, people have a very short-sighted uh, view of things, especially in the sports world. And and that's kind of how people view the Patriots because they, A, obviously haven't played anyone. B, they're going into their toughest test ever, which again, I mean, how many times have we heard that? And how many times at the end of the night have we heard, well, you know, maybe they weren't as good as we thought. Well, uh, guess what? It's, it's The Patriots are just really good and this is what they do to teams. So um, due to some connectivity issues, we unfortunately were unable to get uh, Brian on the line, and uh, we will try to fix that problem next week. And uh, you know, because again, we we enjoy his uh, input, and I certainly do want to hear him uh, his opinion on the uh, Warriors and, and kind of the NBA in general. So, um, in order to do that, though, you might as well just stay tuned to full press coverage radio because uh, Snowman in the Morning comes up in just under sixty seconds, which means. We are just under 60 seconds from saying goodbye to you for the week. So, so Mike, I want to say thank you once again for another great week. To all the listeners out there, thank you for tuning in, or, or thank you for tuning off and not telling us that you tuned off. Um, and we're, we're, yeah, we're, we're going to be we're going to be ramping and raring to go, and maybe we're going to have some 24 themed things next week to celebrate the uh, the the anniversary of the premiere. So, I'm pretty excited about that. So, without further ado, I do want to say. Make sure you follow us on Twitter because we love the interactions. I'm at IGLEN31. He is at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-F-P-C. And, of course, follow the show. It's at FPC Radio Live. Mike, have a great week. Have a great weekend. We will talk soon. Have a great weekend, everyone. So long, losers!